stand for our gospel reading from Luke chapter 2. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governing Syria. And everyone went to register, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the town of Nazareth, into Judea, to the town of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was from the house and family line of David. He went to be registered with Mary, his wife, who was pledged to him in marriage and was expecting a child. And so it was that while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. There were in the same country shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude from the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. M367. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, I'd like to focus on the angel's song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. Before I get into the actual words themselves, I'd first like to speak a little bit about the setting. The shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by night when suddenly one angel appeared to them. Real angels are quite different from how they are pictured in popular imagination. They are warriors, for one thing, the Lord's army. They are holy, that is perfect, without sin. They reflect the glory of God like a mirror. So just as people fall on their faces whenever God shows a little glimpse of his glory in the Bible, so it happened here, the shepherds were terrified. The lone angel then says some of the loveliest words in the whole Bible. Do not be afraid. I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I'm tempted to speak with you some more about these wonderful words, but maybe you can reflect later for yourself on what those words mean. I want to get to the angels' song. Right when that lone angel was done speaking, suddenly there was a multitude of angels. There were angels from the heavenly army, and they filled the sky, and they were praising God, and they were saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. Now, these words 
These, this context helps us properly appreciate what's going on when those angels suddenly appear and sing this song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. In a way, this scene is terrifying for the shepherds. Something of heaven dropped down here on the hills and valleys of Bethlehem. The shepherds weren't prepared for that holiness, and if we had been there, we wouldn't have been prepared for that holiness either. So it was terrifying, but it was at the same time the most beautiful thing they had ever seen or heard. It's probably a good thing that that lone angel came first so that the shepherds had something that their faith could hold on to. The shepherds were given that word, do not be afraid. God was not coming to crush them. He Surely they needed to drop whatever wicked thoughts or plans they might have been harboring before the angels had come. Evil won't work here. They knew that for sure. But God was not coming to destroy them. They were going to be whisked up into something glorious. Now let's turn to the words of that song itself, our topic for tonight. The first thing that this countless army of angels was singing was glory to God in the highest. Why were they singing that? Glory to God in the highest because Jesus Christ is born. The eternal plan that they have known about is finally playing out. Jesus the baby was precious and so highly anticipated by these angels. When would he come? And now he has come. Hooray. Anytime anything remotely like what is going on with these angels happens among us, we can't help ourselves. We love that. Unfortunately, such joy and thanksgiving is a rather seldom visitor. Children, it seems, are the most easily visited by such a thing. The possibility for this anticipation and joy and thanksgiving is one of the reasons why Christmas is so beloved. The anticipation, the joy, the thanksgiving of children opening presents is absolutely delightful. So maybe thinking of children might help you understand this first part of the angel's song, Glory to God in the highest. Have you ever seen children kind of form a circle and then march slash dance in a circle while chanting something that they're happy about over and over again? Their faces are beaming. They want the adults to see them, to smile. Often their chant or the song that they're singing is a little ridiculous, a little over the top. They can't help it. That's just what has to come out because of the joy that is within. So it seems to me also with these angels. Glory to God in the highest. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. You have to get it out. The second part of this song goes like this. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward mankind. Here you see why the angels are singing, and you can see that they're not envious. 
They're talking about you. They're talking about the earth and mankind. They're not receiving presents, and yet they're joyful. The Son of God did not become an angel. He became a man, born of the Virgin Mary. The angels rejoice that this goodness is coming to us human beings. Therefore, maybe I actually have to revise a little bit what I have just said. Kids know anticipation and joy and thanksgiving, but what if that goodness that they're anticipating was not coming for them? There's no presence for them. We even wax proverbially about this. The lump of coal would certainly dampen the children's spirits. But there was no dampening of these angels' spirits, even though it wasn't for them. You see, they're not like us. They're happy when goodness comes to others, and not just to themselves. They're not benefited by God becoming man, and yet they dance like children. They're happy that God's goodness is being poured out for all those who would make use of that good and be benefited by that good. Jesus mentioned something similar about angels on another occasion. He says that the angels rejoice when just one sinner repents. These really must be quite the creatures that God has made, salutary, good creatures who reflect the nature of the one who created them. But let's move on from the nature of the angels who are singing the words to the meaning of the words themselves. On earth, peace, goodwill toward mankind. These words are simple and plain. Jesus himself is your peace, O earth. God is not angry with mankind, but intends to save it. I'd like to link these words from the angels to some words from Jesus with which you are perhaps familiar Peace on earth, goodwill toward mankind, is very similar to what Jesus says in John 3, 16 and 17. Peace on earth is very similar to what is meant by these words, God loved the world in this way, that he sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What can be more peace-giving than this promise that Jesus gives. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And goodwill toward mankind is very similar to what Jesus says in the following verse, John three seventeen, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He sent his Son to die for you. God's good will is toward mankind, so that, as it says in another place, all may be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Now, these words about how God regards us human beings sound gracious and loving, and indeed, they are gracious and loving, but we must not draw false conclusions from them, which we perhaps are apt to do. Peace is promised to us 
in these words, but God's peace is different from what people might think peace means. There's a kind of peace where everything is going your way. Peace is thought to be when you're getting richer and smarter and stronger and healthier with each passing day. This is how the world generally understands peace. Peace is the absence of anything annoying or distressing or perplexing and the presence of everything that is pleasing. Well, that's not Christian peace. Christian peace comes through faith that God is for me. God loves me even if not everything is going the way that I'd like at the moment. Christian peace is peace with God, even when the winds are howling and the waves are swamping the boat. Christian peace is patient and loving in the midst of scarcity, pain, and sadness. Consider the Holy Family in this regard on this night. It's astounding that Jesus was born where cattle might have their babies. I got this shiner trying to shut my cows up in the barn so that they couldn't have their babies out in the cold, out in the wind. But the birth of the Son of God actually wasn't much more comfortable than the birth of where a cow might have her calf. Husbands... Do you suppose that Joseph wanted Mary to give birth in such a place? And mothers, how would you be feeling if you were in such a place giving birth? But the Holy Family was given peace. They had peace in the midst of much coldness, sadness, loneliness, and even danger. It's not the safest place to be. God was for them. So who could be against them? And it wasn't like once they grasped the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that their negative circumstances were taken away. And yet we must say that through faith, they had peace in the midst of much perplexity, happiness in the midst of scarcity, Joy in the midst of sorrow, and life in the midst of death. The angels, in their song, they flatly proclaim it. There is peace on earth. There is goodwill from God toward mankind. But just because the angels say that there is peace on earth, doesn't mean that everybody is going to perceive such a peace. Not everybody's going to get it. The angels say that's how it is. But not everybody is going to understand it. I think it wouldn't be hard for, to find somebody who would say, okay, the angels say there's peace on earth, there's goodwill toward mankind, and somebody to say, where's that peace? I don't see no peace. Where are my presents? If you're looking for a peace that the world understands, you aren't going to find that peace in Jesus. The world, in fact, doesn't want the peace that Jesus gives. The world doesn't want to live 
under God as his creatures, accepting his will, being being faithful and thankful. The world instead wants to be God, dictating how things are supposed to go according to one's own thoughts and pleasures, never being joyful unless good things are happening to one's own self. Their desire is not for the truth. It's not enough to have peace with God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. They want a room at the Hilton, not a stall in the barn. Now, some of you might be looking around, and your life might seem more like the barn than the Hilton. And let's not romanticize the barn, even the barn that Jesus was born in. You know what a barn smells like, don't you? And so in your life, there might be some things that stink. Things aren't how you would do things if you were God. But don't allow those circumstances to rob you of the angel's song. The angel's song is for you. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward mankind. The angel's song is true. It was true at the stable in Bethlehem. The song is true for you in whatever circumstances you find yourself in. And know this, for those who believe in Jesus, the barn cannot go on. You won't be in the stable forever. Already in this life, maybe God will give you some earthly relief from your troubles. And if he does, give thanks to him, from whom all blessings flow. He does that much oftener than people realize, you know. But even if God doesn't remove difficult circumstances from you, that doesn't change what's true. That doesn't change what God has done in Christ. Your circumstances, no matter how bad they possibly could be, don't change the love of a God manifested at Christmas, sung about by the angels. And eventually, your circumstances must change. You won't stay in the stable. Jesus says in another place, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. Mary and Joseph aren't in that stable anymore. They are in those mansions together with Jesus. They are hearing the angels' songs that we just get a tiny, thrilling glimpse of on Christmas night. You remain faithful and believing, and that will be true for you too. That what the angels said is true. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward mankind. The peace of God that transcends all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.